Hello, everyone. I'm Alex Majorana. And I'm Sydney Lynch. And this is Little Known Tracks. This week, we talked to Indianapolis-based singer-songwriter Arcelia Kent. An avid thrifter, her closet is full of sustainably sourced clothes, and while it's neutral in color now, her style is always changing. Over the course of several years, she's developed her photography skills and was able to create exactly what she pictured for her own album covers because of that. Her music is primarily fueled by personal experiences, some more vulnerable than others, but all of them honest. She's currently working on her debut album, which will focus on different perspectives, each one with a different villain. Without further ado, Villain by Arcelia Kent.
are Celia Kent. Thank you so much for being on with us today. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm excited. The first thing that we wanted to talk to you a little bit about was uh, fashion and thrifting. And obviously those two things are <laughs> pretty intertwined, I would yeah. say. So tell us a little bit about that, how you got interested in it and maybe like what your definition of fashion is. Oh, wow. That's deep. <laughs> um, that's not deep at all. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> um, if you I, have a deep answer to it, I like mean, by all means, go for it. <laughs> I, okay, so fat, like thrifting, I guess I started doing a long time ago. Um, my family wasn't super wealthy, so I did a lot of thrifting because it was cheaper and I didn't want to pay high prices for clothes. And I think that causes you to be more creative because you don't just have like all the trends right in front of you. You have to like search and figure things out and make it work together. Um, if you look back at pictures of me in high school, you would not know that I was interested in fashion, but um, I definitely was. And it's always been a hobby. I now I almost exclusively thrift. I pretty much never go into other like actual like stores because it's more of a sustainability thing for me now. Um, and I still love the fact that I am getting pieces that are not what everyone is wearing, you know? Um, so yeah, that's kind of why I love thrifting. I think it's super fun. I think it's relaxing in a lot of ways, just sifting through, finding things I like, fashion. Um, I think I'm still figuring it out in a lot of ways. I, and it's always changing, you know, like trends are always changing. And um, not that I'm always trying to stay up with trends, but my personal style is changing um, all the time. And I think it's really mostly just about finding things that you feel good in. Like, it doesn't matter what it is, doesn't matter what the trends are, if you feel good in it, then it's good. <laughs> Who cares what other people think? <laughs> so yeah, that, that's about it. I think I think it's, it's really interesting just the kind of um, talking about how much you kind of thrift and how interested in that you are now and kind of how your tastes have developed. Talking about like when I was in high school, you wouldn't have known I was interested <laughs> in fashion. And I yeah. think that just kind of goes to show that like tastes change and develop and even something like thrifting is something I guess you can get like better at. For sure. You become more selective, at least with what you choose to buy. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any standout kind of pieces or articles of clothing that you've found through thrifting that are like staples in your wardrobe? I'm I'm a pretty basics kind of person. So I often will just wear like a neutral colored button down in jeans, you know, so I wouldn't say I have any like standout crazy things. I, I think everything in my closet at this point is stuff that I love. So it's hard for me to like choose one thing. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't say there's anything like crazy that needs to be shown off or anything. So going, going forward, uh, you're currently doing like neutral colors and jeans. Do you see a point in time for yourself where you're throwing on like crazy stuff that you find at a thrift shop, like Macklemore style? <laughs> I don't know if I'll ever go 
and they are like I'm pretty minimalist right now I don't know if I'll ever be maximalist when it comes to clothing but I mean I appreciate it when I see other people doing it but um I I don't know that I will ever be quite that out there however for art you'll do anything so you know if it's a photo shoot or something I might do something like that um but every day I don't want to have to think that hard about it I just want I want everything in my closet to kind of go together so that I can like grab a pair of pants and a shirt and they match, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. So I don't know that I'm ever going to go too crazy with my fashion. Entirely it's like fair. endless yeah. options. <laughs> yeah. Never wear the same thing twice, but it- <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> on that though, on art and photography, uh, you told mm-hmm. us that that is what you do and that's another passion of yours. Uh, So tell us a little bit about photography and how you started that and a little bit about what you do now. Yeah, I, I've always been interested in photography. I, ever since I had a little iPod touch with a camera on it. Well, really before that, my mom found a picture of me with a camera when I was like five years old, like just a little point and shoot. Um, So apparently I've always loved it, but I, I've always loved like taking photos and, and posting them and you know like trying to get cool angles and stuff like that again if you look back you'd be like those aren't cool (laughs) but (laughs) um but I was you know learning experimenting um and then for my say 2020 would be three years ago for my 23rd birthday I think my husband bought me like an actual nice camera and immediately I started a business with that. Um, I was a gym teacher at at the same time. So it was kind of a side job. Um, And then I, I did a lot of like free shoots for students um, as I was like, you know, learning. And then obviously COVID happened. I spent so much time on YouTube learning how to use my camera, how to edit. And, um, yeah, so I learned a ton during that time, and then my business just kept growing. I was I was doing anything that people wanted me to photograph. I did senior portraits, weddings. Um, I don't know why those are the only two things coming to my head right now. <laughs> <laughs> Family photos, you know, any anything that people wanted, I was doing newborn photos. When we moved, so I lived in a small town during this, during COVID, when I was a gym teacher. And then last summer we moved to Indianapolis. So when I when we moved, I didn't go into teaching and I just made photography my full-time job. So that was about a year and a half ago. I got on The Knot, which is a wedding website for vendors. And I've mostly been doing weddings and engagements since then. That's where the money is. So, <laughs> that's you know, if I want to make my time worth it that's kind of where I have to be but I still do an occasional like my friend had a baby and I did her newborn photos and I've I have seven older brothers so if they want me to take photos of their families I'll do that but for the most part it's weddings engagements and and I enjoy doing album covers like for other people so while you were uh, like developing those skills, um, what were you using to do that? So obviously you had a camera, 
but was there any like particular software that you enjoyed using or was it more kind of just mostly editing with the camera? Like how did you go about developing that? Yeah, I, before I got my real camera and obviously every camera is a real camera, but my <laughs> expensive camera, I was editing with like Google, like, or not, I guess maybe it was like OneDrive or like whatever the program that's just on a computer is there's been multiple Microsoft different ones paint. my yeah I'm well no I don't think <laughs> I ever used paint I used paint when I was a kid to draw pictures but no I didn't edit in paint but um but yeah I use those basic they just have like sliders for like saturation and contrast stuff like that and then when I got my camera I got Adobe Lightroom and Photoshop. Um, I I watched a lot of YouTube videos, like I said, to figure out how to use those. Um, my favorite one was Jessica Cobasi. I think she's an she's a photographer and she's incredible at photography and editing. So I like look at her photos and before she puts any edits on, I'm like, that's already better than my photos with edits. <laughs> Um, but it's great to, that there's someone out there that's showing you like how to do that. And she shows her process during photo shoots. And yeah, so that's, I would say more than anything, Jessica Cobasi <laughs> taught me how to edit and take photos <laughs> on YouTube. <laughs> um, she has no idea who I am, but she did that for me. Not yet. Not yet. That's correct. Maybe she'll like shoot my album cover someday that'd be fun she's awesome <laughs> well talking a little bit about album covers you designed your own album covers mm -hmm. um for your singles um monsters and death of me correct correct so how did the process of developing those album covers uh come to be I was always going to i just because I have the skill set, so I might as well. <laughs> um, I I think that as I developed the song, as I wrote the song and practiced it and was recording it, I just like the images just came to my mind in a way. Um, with monsters, I'm wearing like a monster hat that I also hand sewed very badly, but. <laughs> It wasn't supposed to be nice, so it didn't matter. Um, and, you know, the song is about falling asleep at night, so I wanted to have, like, a bed in it. My little teddy bear, I think, is in there. Um, and that, and I wanted it to be dark and outside, because that's scarier than inside <laughs> with a bed. It literally just, I had the picture in my head, and then I just did it in my backyard, my husband technically took the photos, but I, like, you know, set up the camera, did some test shots and told him exactly what to do. And then for Death of Me, it was kind of similar. Death of Me is about how, like, it was like the death of my old self in a lot of ways. I, I mean, we'll, we'll get more into music later probably, but um, the... The old me was very like fake smile and, but inside I was like straight faced. 
oftentimes outside too, because I'm not always good at fake smiling, but so I kind of wanted to like overlay that so you could see like the smile is very faint, but you can see like what happened to me through the photos. The song is about a story I had with a church. And so the title of it, I underlined the T as like the cross, you know? So that was kind of like <laughs> the the um, theme for that. I the actual words on this on the cover are written in a notebook that I used to draw in during church. So that's another just like no one would know that, but I know it. <laughs> so it's just another like layer. I like to just like throw random meaning in in different places. So. Yeah, little Easter eggs just for you. Yeah, yeah, just for me. I guess now other people know because I just said it on a podcast. <laughs> but... <laughs> but it's that's the idea. I like to throw a little bit of something in there. And in the songs too, I do that. So yeah, tell us a little bit about um, these these two songs then and how you kind of went about writing them and like the process for putting them together and just overall tell us a little bit about these uh these two singles that you have out right now death of me i wrote first it was me processing that whole situation that happened with my church and um that's how pretty much all of my songwriting is is processing every once in a while i have a song that's not so personal but most of them are just like I sit down because I have a lot in my brain and I need to get it out. And so that's kind of death of me was that process. Um, Monsters, I had the idea when I was laying in bed at nighttime, I was listening to a headspace meditation and which I sometimes do if I'm like anxious at nighttime and I need to fall asleep. It helps me just to calm down. And the end of it says, um, if you're still feeling anxious and you need to fall asleep, then start counting backwards from 1,000 to zero. So in my head, I was going 999, 998. And it became super rhythmic as I was doing it in my head. So then I was like, oh, maybe I should write a song about this. <laughs> <laughs> and so I literally went to my computer, opened Ableton, I'm not good at recording stuff, but I have Ableton for when I have ideas that I need to like layer on top of each other. So I recorded that, me saying that, and then wrote the song over it. Um, and it was about how I can't fall asleep sometimes and all these irrational thoughts that happen during that process. I think I think that is funny, though, that it's like, let me try and go to sleep and then immediately just keeps the thing that is supposed to put you to sleep keeps yep. you up and yep. write a song about it. <laughs> exactly it was in my head for probably weeks because I would think I need to write a song over this and then I would fall asleep and forget about it and then the next time I would do it I'd be like oh I need to write a song over this so it took me a long time to actually do it but the thought was there for a while yeah. <laughs> you were finally like just not drowsy enough to be like all right yeah. It's time to, it's time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but the subject matter of these songs are very personal to you um, and almost vulnerable in a sense. What was it like to have, you know, that outlet of music to put these stories out there 
in that personal way and then have people hear them and listen to them and respond to them for the first time terrifying (laughs) I monsters wasn't as scary because it the content is more like this is what my irrational brain is saying and I know it's not true the things that I'm thinking some of the things that I'm thinking um so I think that that one was slightly less scary even though it was my first one there is still like a little bit of fear around it but I think at that point I'd kind of been like okay this is happening whatever happens happens um since I'm not like a huge artist yet I by any means I didn't necessarily anticipate anticipate anyone saying like I hate your song (laughs) because it's like mostly people that I know personally that are hearing it and listening to it um so I think that's like that made it a little less scary death of me was more scary because it is a very personal song to me and a lot of the people that were involved in that situation still follow me on social media and um they are maybe for the first time hearing what my thoughts were on the situation. They're, they are kind of general, like I didn't go into super specifics in it, but I think maybe the people that were part of it would know. I don't know. It's hard to say for sure. N- none of them have reached out to me. There's been one person from that church that reached out to me, but wasn't the problem. <laughs> and just, you know that's always scary when you're when you're being honest about a situation where you felt hurt and you don't know what the other people are thinking and you don't know if they're gonna say anything but it was still good I mean I've it's been all positive I haven't really had anyone say anything negative which is super nice um I know that if I continue to grow that may not be the case but (laughs) so far so good I think that's um I think that's really interesting just kind of talking about it um in like a when you're being honest in that way like it's a little bit more nerve-wracking uh because that feels like something that is important to you in your music is honesty and I mean I think that's something that is like I don't I don't know about you but it feels like mm-hmm. for a lot of people that's something that's like a catharsis when they're uh writing their music yeah. Um, so it's really good that that is something that you're focused on and is important in your music. What can we expect like going forward in terms of like your music and your writing? We know you're working on an album right now. Um, but like, what can we expect from that? My, so all the songs on my album are written. We're actually very close to finishing the whole album. I just have really just have like I think five songs to do final vocals on that it's total of 10 songs. So halfway done with the vocals and then it's just mixing and mastering, which doesn't take too long and they're already partially mixed. Um, So as far as like all of the writing on the album is past writing, obviously, I don't know how it could be future writing (laughs) if it's already out. Um, (laughs) But a lot of it is still, I mean, it's all raw. There's the stories on the album are about situations where I saw someone else as a villain. They saw me as a villain, someone in someone else's life. I, Me looking on the outside in, I saw someone as a villain. 
So it's all kind of around that theme. The title of the album is Villain. Um, and so that's kind of what you can expect as far as content for this album. I have started writing a little bit again. My main focus has obviously been on recording at the moment, but I have started writing again and it's, I'm trying to get more and more creative as I go. I think I, I've been writing since I was really, really, really young and it's all been pretty basic up until now. I think, um, you know, verse, chorus, verse, bridge or chorus, bridge, chorus, <laughs> you know, the general, like, I just thought that's what songs were growing up. And maybe that's because I grew up in the church and that's how every church song is. <laughs> but I, I think there is a lot of creativity on this album too. I think I, over the past year, I've grown a lot as I was writing these songs and I've been a lot more immersed into a music community. So I think I've been inspired by people um, and I've been listening and paying a lot more attention. I think ever since I decided I was going to go into music and really pursue it, I have been paying a lot of attention to what other songwriters are doing and whether it's Taylor Swift or my friend, you know, I'm, I'm paying attention and I'm seeing what's the structure, what are the chords, what are you doing? And it's causing me to be more creative and step outside of that box a little bit. And as far as like the lyrical content, it's all over the place at the moment. <laughs> I have ideas for my next albums, but I'm just writing to write at the moment. I'm not trying to write for something super specific. Um, I did join, I'm in like a little text group slash Google Drive group with a bunch of songwriters from Indianapolis. And they give us a prompt every week and we put a song into the drive at the end of the week based on that prompt. So I've only written a half a song and it started like three weeks ago, but you know, I, I also was at the end of my busy season with photography and was trying to get that finished. And I've been in the throes of recording, so I don't blame myself for that. Um, but I think it's a really cool thing that I'm, I'm not having to fully, I am still drawing from my experience but I'm also have an outside source being like write about this and I'm like okay great I don't have to think of something now <laughs> I mean to be fair it is like one or two words like the last one was um me and you was the prompt so obviously that can be anything <laughs> and you can completely do it from your experience um but it's been it's cool it's a really cool thing that I happened to be a part of someone that I've met like once or twice asked me to be in it. So it's fun. Um, but I think that was a really interesting point you made saying like yeah, this structure that was your routine of writing um, is now being uh, not interrupted, but a little bit inspired by what you're listening to now and uh, paying attention. So what have you like, since you've started kind of that process, what have you picked up on and what have you implemented into your, you know, new writing um, that has kind of updated the, you know, stylistic versions of the music? Mm -hmm. I think that 
wandering away from that structure has definitely been something I've picked up. I do have songs in that structure. The the two that I've put out so far are, are in that basic structure. Um, and the next one that I'm going to put out is, but not all of the songs on my album are. So I've definitely strayed away from it a little bit. And um, as far as like, if I hear an interesting chord in someone else's song, I'll be like, oh, what is that? And then I try to put that chord into a song and and it's a completely different song, but it's I just wanted to use that chord to try it. So not using the basic C, G, D, E, you know, like the very basic ones, which are great. I use those too a lot, but it is fun to try to put something a little more spicy in there. <laughs> I think lyrically something Taylor Swift does is she keeps a notebook or maybe a note on her phone of words that she likes and wants to use in songs so I've started doing that I have it's probably like 150 words that if I'm stuck I'll go to that and and I have the definitions because sometimes I don't even remember what they mean (laughs) and I I'm like oh I could say this way more interestingly if I put this word in instead of like you're mean or like whatever it is like you know like this could be said in a better way and sometimes I've taken it too far where I have like too many big words in my songs and those ones have been scrapped from the album but it is interesting too because usually I catch them when I'm reading books I'm like oh what's that word I look it up I'm like oh that's cool I put it in my notes app and then later I might use it or I might not um But when I do use it, I then remember what that word means. So I'm like, I feel like I'm a little scholar, like learning in the process. (laughs) Expanding your vocabulary, you know, one song at a time. Exactly. (laughs) For sure. So we're still on um, like some of your music and the process of making it and like what you've developed so far and talking a little bit about your new album. We know you have seven brothers and one of them is your producer. Uh, tell us a little bit about what it's like being able to uh, like work with your brother on something like this. It's so good. I love it. I, we, my husband, I lived with him and his wife for, I think nine, seven to nine months, something like that. When we moved to Indianapolis because we were looking for a house. So it took that long. And then we fixed up our house. So we became super, super close during that. Um, I mean, that really could have gone one of two ways. We could have hated each other by the end, or we could really love each other by the end. And thankfully, it was the latter. Um, So he's already someone that I'm super comfortable with, which is so nice, because I'm not going into some studio where I am just meeting the person, and I don't feel like I can say what I'm thinking. And um, all that fun stuff. I, so when I decided that I wanted to start recording my album, I told him and he's like, great, let's do it. We'll start. Um, and it's so easy. It's, it's also easy because our houses are 0.3 miles from each other. (laughs) So, and his, the studio's in his house. So, it makes it so easy because he's like, Hey, can you come this day? And I'm like, great. And then I get up five minutes before and I'm there in two seconds. (laughs) Um, but it's so, 
relaxed because we're comfortable with each other. I, I can sometimes tend to hold in what I'm thinking because I don't want to upset other people. And I don't feel like I have to do that with him. I think he's really good at receiving feedback, um, which is awesome because he's the one writing all the parts. I mean, I, I write the song on my guitar or piano, and then he writes all the other parts pretty much. I, <laughs> I've written a couple of synth parts and my brother and my, I have another brother that plays drums. So he's, he drums on all of them except for two. So it's nice that I'm able to sit there while he's coming up with parts. He's like, what do you think of this? And I'm like, great, keep going. Or I'm like, what if we did it a little different? And then I just like basically sing the notes that I want him to hit. <laughs> and he does it because he's incredible. Or I'm like, the other day, I mean, it was probably like a few weeks ago. I was like, can we do something in this part where it sounds like a door has tons of air rushing through it and then it closes and then like just like this and then he's like yeah sure I can do that and he just like figures out how to do it it's like I just come up with the stupid things in my mind where I'm like this would sound cool right here but I have no idea how to get there and he immediately has an idea of how to do it it's it's awesome again having having that resource is really cool and like yeah is definitely beneficial uh for the music and you said one of your other brother plays drums what about the rest of your family like where was yeah. your start in music it <laughs> seems like that is probably part uh -huh. of it yeah my my dad has had plays guitar has written songs um was a songwriter as I was a kid so I've always grown up around it and all of my brothers have been involved in music in some way or another. So since I was born, basically, I've been around it. That's where my start was, was me looking up to them and wanting to do what they were doing. And so I did, you know. <laughs> are we are we going to get a, a family band? <laughs> Unfortunately, well, I should take back the unfortunately. I have... <laughs> 19 nieces and nephews which is very fortunate I love them all so they are all very busy <laughs> um I they will fill in for me if I need someone to play a show but they're not going to be a part of my permanent band <laughs> um which I understand I'm not bad about it I do wish some of them could be because it would be fun but it is what it is. I've found a couple of people to be my band and I am working on a couple more. So hopefully I will have a full band soon that I don't need my brothers to fill in for, but, but it's so nice that I have them like as backup when I need it. So speaking of live shows, I know you played um, a few in the past few months. You have one coming up. Tell us about um, like your experience playing live. Um, is it something you look forward to? Like, what is your process? I would say for the first show, I was not looking forward to it. Well, I mean, I was in a lot of ways because I wanted, it's what I wanted to do. You know, I wanted to be playing live. So I was looking forward to it, but I was also very nervous. Um, and I was practicing for months beforehand and I could do them in my sleep. I played songs in my sleep and was still super shaky when I got on stage. So 
that one was a little stressful but ever since then every show I've been so excited for it's literally so fun I love playing live (laughs) um I love you know the just the energy of the room I love I love going to concerts too so just it's kind of a similar experience but on the other side so I I love it I think it's super fun I do get a little bit nervous right before but once I'm there a song or two in I feel good um I love interacting with the crowd people are yelling things I'm like this is so fun I just love it (laughs) um yeah I'm interested because I the last couple of shows I've played have been I was gonna say in the dark they were not in the dark I had lights on me but it was like my first show was a very intense I was on the ground level with everyone they were all staring at my face so it was like in like 50 60 people so it was really intense and then the next couple were darker rooms so like I couldn't see the faces as much um I had someone else with me my first one I did solo and then I my second one I had my brother playing with me and then I did a full band show and those two were really super fun and great I think I enjoy having someone else that people can look at at the same time (laughs) so I'm really interested though because I'm about to play another show at a coffee shop which will be a lot more like my first show and I'm interested to see if I'll be as nervous I don't think I will but it should be fun yeah yeah as long as you're thinking it now and you keep that up, you know, it's fine. Yeah. No, it'll be good. It'll be good. It'll be second nature. For sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I won't have to think about it at all. <laughs> I was going to say, it is the longest show that I am going to be playing because I'm doing three 30-minute sets. So, because it's just like to give me a break in between. It's a coffee shop, so I think they just wanted to have live music. You know what I mean? So that should be interesting, too, because I've only done 30, 40 minute sets so far. Yeah, that's a lot of music to prepare. Do yeah. you have everything laid out and all ready to go? I have a lot like- of it laid out. Yeah, I'm still kind of figuring out. I'll I'll definitely have to do some covers for this show because I yeah. don't have that many songs <laughs> that are good enough to be played in front of people. Um, maybe someday, but. I but I have a decent I mean I probably have 30 to probably 45 almost maybe an hour worth of my own music and then I'll just throw some covers in there so I've got most of it figured out I'm still deciding on the last couple but yeah but we've we've talked a lot about uh, your music and your writing and your process and stuff but tell us a little bit about um like what inspires you to write whether that's other Mm -hmm. musicians or things outside of music in general what is the uh what is it that inspires you to write music I would say the majority of what inspires me is events happening in my life and I think that's you know pretty typical for songwriters although I was talking to one of my friends recently and he was saying how he tries not to write about his life he just like makes the music first and then it's like I'm gonna come up with something to say now (laughs) which is so opposite of what I do Um, I'm definitely now more, because I'm so much more intentionally writing, I can't, I don't have that much going on in my life. I can't be writing about my life all the time. So I 
I would say inspiration comes a lot definitely from other artists if I'm listening to something like one time I was sitting in a coffee shop and I discovered a band called Tommy Lafroy who is incredible if you haven't heard them um and I was just like so inspired I was like I need to write music right now (laughs) and I like went home and wrote music and I think like I said I've I've been studying music more like paying attention to what's happening so if I hear something interesting, I definitely am like, oh, that's interesting. Maybe I could, you know, do something like that, something with that. Um, just stray away a little bit. I think that's mostly it. I I do a lot of visuals too. Like if I'm, I told this story on another podcast recently, but I had this idea of a song where I got the visual first I saw a picture of me like standing there like a deer in headlights and then it inspired a song out of me so it was like a visual that I got and then I wrote a song based on the visual and so it I mean it really I draw from a lot of different places just whatever hits my brain at the moment and it sparks something for sure (laughs) yeah I mean like you said whatever works and I think as someone who is also kind of in another creative medium as a photographer to be able to take pictures and kind of have this stuff and just look at something one day and be like you know I'm gonna write a song about this picture that I took yeah that well okay so that actually wasn't it was all in my head (laughs) but I saw the picture in my head so it probably will become an album cover at some point (laughs) either way yeah. <laughs> visually sure. visually yeah, visual manifesting meeting. music. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're super excited to get to hear the new album whenever uh that is all done and set. Excited to hear any writing you have afterwards. Um Sydney, did you have any other questions for Arcelia? So where can we find and follow you online and listen to all of your music? Yeah, my I'm on pretty much every social media. I recommend following me on Instagram because that's probably where I post the most. It's arcelia.kent, A-R-S-E-L-I-A is how you spell that. And then I'm on Spotify. I'm all the platforms. You can find me. Follow me there. You'll get notified when I put new stuff out. (laughs) I have a link tree in my Instagram profile where you can find everything else. So if you just find me on Instagram, you'll be able to find everything else. (laughs) Perfect. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, um, once again, Arcelia Kent, thank you so much for being on with us today. Uh, This has been a pleasure talking to you. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. It's been super fun. Thank you for listening to Little Known Tracks. If you or a loved one want to be featured, send us an email at littleknowntrackspodcast at gmail.com. Also, feel free to follow us over on Twitter and Instagram at LKTPod for more information about the podcast when episodes come out and occasionally giveaways and things of that nature. Thank you again for listening. See you next week.